Actually, it's something I regret. Probably life-threatening. Could be, could be, but um, what a life, eh? What a life to what be life. threatened. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls. <laughs> it's Ooh. not Halloween for you, lot anymore. No, um, we are recording this on uh, Swain. Yes, it's uh, 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 a All Hallows Eve. Yeah, but uh, um, it's going out on the Friday, the second. Yeah, on the so Thursday, the first of November. So, happy should we count down to next Halloween? Should everybody? we be doing Guy Foxy things? No. All right, we'll set fire to something. Okay, what are we setting fire to? Our pride, Henry Cavill's wig. That too. <laughs> I am uh, Christopher. We're experiencing technical difficulties. Johnson, and I am Matthew. Hello, Watson. Nice. That was a good impression, actually. For those who don't know what it was an impression of, I'm doing. I do a stocking trade, Pemberton. Yes. <laughs> Your party trick is Steve Pemberton saying hello, hello, hello. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about a few bits and bobs from the last week, pop culture stuff, and also just have a jolly good wank. No, no, no. We're not going to do chat, that. Chat, chat. Oh, all that word. Is that what, is that what it same, was? You mean the same thing? It's 2018. Jesus. So, right, what, what are we going to do? Well, first I want to crack on with what you've just watched. Well, because, not just, uh, what, what I've just watched is in this last hour, or this just watched is in this, this week gone. The, this this last hour. Oh, right. I, I want to start on that one, because I, I think a lot, of our, a lot of our listeners are probably uh, very... Uh, aware of this well, show. Well, we've got one email about it, so we'll pick that up in a sec. Absolutely, yeah, well, we'll bring that email up early. <gasps> Breaking the mould. Oh! The mold. But, uh, obviously, I did a big damn love uh, in the first run about uh, Inside Number 9. And this past week, Inside Number 9 had a Halloween special, which went out live on BBC Two, 10pm, Sunday the 28th. Live! And it screwed with people's heads. Mm. I didn't watch it live, because I'd not long got back in from work and I had to catch up on uh, that week's Doctor Who. Dick to um, Arachnids in the UK. Yes, um, as I like to call it, please stop mentioning that Trump exists. <laughs> I watched this for escapism. We'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, we um, And also, <laughs> but, um, so that. Um, so, but yeah, so I did watch, but I was watching the reaction on Twitter. Yeah, the reaction was... And it was quite pleasant. Someone described it as ghost watch for the Twitter age, and I think that was the best way to summarise it, because, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Inside Number 9 live deadline, you've got like a month to watch it on BBC iPlayer. Go watch it. If you want to listen to the rest of this podcast, have a quick peek at the time codes now and skip to our next topic. And you don't need to have seen any Inside Number 9 previously. I've only seen one episode of Inside Number 9 previous to this. Was, it a, quiet, was it a Quiet Night In or was it Sardines? It was Sardines. Oh, that is a great opener. Because I started at the beginning. It's so uncomfortable, that one. It's great. It's an anthology that, series, though, so you're not missing anything. The amount of guest stars in that and then they just I shut know, them in right? a cupboard. It's amazing. It's great. Um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, but Inside Number 9 is an anthology an anthology comedy series that definitely dips a toe into horror and psychological stuff um, by Steve Pemberton and Reece Shearsmith. Uh, two uh, fourths, so half, yes. of the League of Gentlemen. Um, and I the creators of... Yeah. 
<laughs> and the creators of Psychoville, which also had a Halloween special, which was excellent. It was then an anthology sort of portmanteau it, it is of, all, of several stories. Also, oddly twisted. Yeah, well, Psychoville's wonderful, and and Red Rose Stump and all that good stuff. It ends in a weird place. You know, Mr. Jelly. Very all, weird. All place. of Mr. Jelly's stuff in Psychoville set in his hometown is set in Salford, and all the establishing shots are the Ring Road near Eccles, going yeah. off at Winton. Um, which is wonderful. I didn't mean geographically because, in a weird place. Oh, yeah. I meant storyline in a weird place. Well, I mean, you've been to Eccles. Yeah, well, I mean, it is a weird place. And this, the Inside of a Nine Halloween special, took place just outside of Salford Keys yes. at the Granada Studios. Yes. Which was a five-minute walk from where I was watching it at the weekend. Yay! Which was slightly frightening. Very although good. the credits gave away that it was actually filmed at Maidstone. Oh. But still. Um, yeah, again, if you don't want any spoilers, please skip ahead. I urge you to not listen to this. If you are remotely curious about it, go watch it. But basically, for a live edition of their anthology horror, all the press um, in the week leading up to it was talking about how it was going to be the story... Uh, of an elderly man, uh, Arthur Flitwick, played by Steve Pemberton, who finds uh, an abandoned phone in his church's graveyard. And it's the journey of him trying to uncover whose phone it is and get it back to them and discovering some other things along the way. Really fun premise for a live episode. And it definitely begins that way. It begins with this story. And and like you pointed out, the, the live aspect is... They, they tease you with what the live sort of challenge is going to be with the scene transition. There's a scene transition There's about a one, two minutes yeah, in. Yeah, it's really, really it smart. It switches to night time and it, it's done so well and you're like, right, this is why they've set themselves the challenge of doing it live because they want to see if they can basically do it's, a play yeah. on TV. But it's utilising live TV in a way that you can only use TV for by yeah. having that scene transition maxed with a zoom and pan camera move. Yeah. Which was really smart. You can't do that on stage with live theatre. You can only do that on live TV or in pre-recorded TV. Um, Unfortunately, that's undercut by some sound issues. Yes. Which then proceed uh, and persist and the sound keeps cutting out. And eventually the continuity announcer says that they're working on it. They get back. It happens again. And then they basically give in. The continuity announcer says that they're going to show a repeat of uh, an episode from the first series, A Quiet Night In. Pete and repeat. Yeah, which is a lovely joke. Like, they're having sound issues, so they show the one that's a silent movie, essentially, <laughs> which is pretty fun. Did they get repeat these? <laughs> that was great. Those <laughs> um, familiar with A Quiet Night In, like myself, start to feel uneasy about a minute into the footage when the music feels a bit off. Oh. And then something appears at the back of the garden in shot. And then something starts banging at the window and the footage screws up and the actual Halloween special of Inside Number 9 begins. Um, I've watched this now, embarrassingly, question mark, four times since Sunday. Nice. Because I likes me some detailed nonsense where I can sort of look for things I didn't spot before. And, And, oh God, like... I didn't spot anything new on this rewatch, but I did on the previous one. I'm sure a fifth will grant me something else. This was great. Watching yeah. this go out, I'll say it now, watching it go out live was fantastic because what do people do when live TV starts to go wrong? What's the first thing they do? They pop on social media to see if anyone else has noticed. Yeah. And that's exactly what myself and the others in the room did. Yeah. We were going to Twitter to see if people were having the sound issues elsewhere, to see if it was a regional thing, maybe. Um, and Steve and Reese were relying on that, which I think is very bold. I also think it's really bold for it to cock up in such a way, supposedly, 
because I wonder what the overnights were like. I wonder how many yeah. people tuned out. People on Twitter the next day were talking about how they feel really annoyed or they, they're like, oh, well, joke was on us because they tuned out. They changed channel once the issues persisted. And they were like, oh, yeah. no, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, catch, we'll catch up later on iPlayer when they put it up properly or something like that. Oh, there's some gnarly reviews for it on uh, IMDb. Well, some really nasty ones. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. What, people who, uh, people who were fooled out of it or people um, who, who never went back after the technical difficulties? This Halloween special broadcast live did not work for me. It does not help that I knew the old Granada Studios were demolished in April 2018. <laughs> oh, what a dickhead. That was... <laughs> oh, my God. So they're saying, they didn't fool me. Two they stars. Didn't fool me. It's like, uh, it wasn't meant to fool you, it was meant to entertain it's you. It's five out of ten, actually. Oh. Oh, right. Um, Christ alive. Yeah, that the Granada site is currently being made way... Um, for the new ITV and uh, builds and stuff around there that's looking to rival Media City in terms yeah. of being a bit more central and less cold. Um, yeah. Which will be interesting. Uh, and also less windy because it's in town. Oh, here's a good review. <laughs> I don't know how many ideas slash scripts they discard as being too low quality, but they need to be discarding far more. Rather than make another series of six, maybe make one or two episodes and really concentrate on making them as good as possible. There's a very good reason that John Cleese and Connie Booth only made two series of Faulty Towers. <laughs> yeah, because they did the twelve episodes. They did the twelve episodes. And they went. Yeah, we're kind of done with this, really. <laughs> because it was the same premise every episode, and it's not a lot you can do to keep it fresh. I love that logic. Mm. How dare your anthology carry on beyond twelve episodes? I'm sorry, suck. I'm going on an IMDb review tangent. That's not what we're talking about. I've I noticed just, they were just wonderful. I've noticed this. Inside Number Nine has made very. Angry people feel stupid. Yeah, do you think it's people who don't get it? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like it's not. It's not. It's not clever television in like a smug sense. But obviously, a lot of the episodes, not all of them, but a lot of the episodes deal in a twist or, it feels or, like or defying your expectation yeah. a certain way, and that's part of the enjoyment. The idea is you get to the end and you go, "Oh bloody hell! Oh, they got me!" Do you know what I mean? Like that. That's it. Whereas there are a lot of people. I saw this on Twitter during and after this one, after Deadline, going, "It's like, oh, they think they're so smart for doing this." It's like, Stu, I knew, I knew it wasn't that from the beginning. It's like, well, that's fine, okay, fine, that's fine. But they're not trying to fox you. You're not a genius for for not falling for their fictional programs narrative that's there to make you be entertained for half. Did an you hour. see the twists coming? That was nice, though. Because obviously online, everything started to cock up. The joke that everyone was making was, oh, is this part of this episode? <laughs> Not realising that, yes, yes, it was. Yes. But then Reese references it by going on Twitter and saying, is this part of the twist? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> really I love nice. Grumpy Reese. I want Grumpy Reese in everything, please. I, like, if you listen to any League of Gentlemen commentary or watch any documentary on any of their stuff or the Psychoville stuff, Reese and Steve were being very true to what Reese and Steve are like, <laughs> which I think was really like Steve. Steve is sort of the, the you know the very polite, like sort of wants to make sure everything's all right and everybody you know everybody's okay. We'll just keep it ticking over and oh well, you know we'll try again later, sort of thing. And Reese is very much the you know the whole, they say we might be able to go back on eleven uh, eleven. What we'll do it all again? Yeah, pathetic. <laughs> like that is, so it was. It was great. And this is the second time they've written themselves <laughs> as themselves plunged into a situation of their own making. 
Have you ever seen uh, League, of, League of Gentlemen's Apocalypse? No, I've never seen Apocalypse. It's a, meta, it's a meta story that's got nothing to do with the show. Aside yeah, they, from, they come into the real world, don't they? Yeah, the, the, the fictional world of Vasey is falling apart. And uh, Bernice sends through, or is supposed to send through, I think it's Pauline herself and uh, Dr. Chinnery to go through to reason with the creators. Because they believe the world's falling apart because it's been discarded. Yeah. And uh, due to some stuff going on prior to that, Hillary, Jeff and Hair Lip end up going through instead. <laughs> to meet to meet with the, the first team that were sent through, which was an ill-advised team, according to Bernice, because the first people who went through were Edward Tubbs and Papa Lazarou. Oh! Uh... Which results in the premature death of Jeremy Dyson. <laughs> so, like, they've already dealt with the idea of the creators sort of being punished by their own... Uh, their own creation. Which is a very sort of self-deprecating... Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, which it's, is perfect for the League of Gentlemen. Like, yeah. it's absolutely those guys. A lot of people hate um, that film because they go, it's not like the show. And it's like, well, it's not meant to be. They even t- take the, mi- the mick out of other sitcoms turned movies in it. There's a bit where the characters are trying to propose to, to a couple of the gents, like, a, a film for them that could keep the story going for yeah. a bit. It's like, how about they all go on holiday to Spain? And the, the hotel's not finished. And it's just like, yeah, this is why they did this weird meta-textual <laughs> headfuck film instead. Because the but other route would just be, of, the characters go on holiday. There's a sort of through line between <laughs> all the league's work, and it goes through into the stuff that, that Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton have done together since. This is sort of, it, this sounds like a contradiction in terms, because it kind of is. There's a sort of dour gleefulness to it. Yeah, like it is. It's a sort of character characters you like fabulous. to watch, but don't would not spend a minute of time. No, with. and they're all and, miserable. Yeah, and and it seems like <laughs> look at Psychoville. I know and Daniel Kaluuya's character is oh. the only nice person in all of Psychoville who's and, not a psycho. And the script, in some way, the scripts tend to have tend to take this sort of perverse pleasure. <laughs> In putting them through this mundane or or yeah. awful shit, and then that comes hundred, back onto onto themselves. It's not a hundred hands. You are. It's not a hundred hands. Roman, is it? Like sixteen? No, it's thirteen. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> there's just, there's just. I think it's just so. There's definitely so much of the creators in this particular series yeah. of arts. From League through Psychoville into the Inside Number Nine, like this, there's just it's just so them. Mm, it's, it's, it's 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 and it's, it's it's that culmination of things they're influenced by. League of Gentlemen yeah. made its impact and was beloved by so many because a lot of people said it felt like you were watching a horror film. Like it didn't feel kind like of. a sketch show. Yeah, it felt like a sketch show through the prism of, of something more disturbing. And it, it's because their influences, like Jeremy Dyson, Mark Gatiss, Reese Shearsmith, Steve Pemberton, their influences were Hammer Horror and Portmanteau Horror Stuff, Anthology Horror, yeah. weird TV documentaries with odd people in them. Like, that was their fascination. <laughs> like, weird TV moments inform certain things their characters do, which is in this. The freaking, um, oh, God, what's his name? Oh, Bobby Lionel Dav- Blair. Lionel Blair and Bobby Davro. I'll buy don't move. And then they take the piss out of it. And it's like, you just know that the only reason that's in there is because for years... <laughs> Probably since watching that go out on television, they've gone, oh, we've got to do something with that. And they Bobby found Jesus a way. Christ! They found a way. It, it, happened, it happened to beautifully coincide with a certain studio that all of the material in this Halloween oh, special was attached God. to. That was what made this really effective for me, was they used news stories and known stories and rumours and stuff 
about this one studio. It's smart. It's it's tailoring um, fiction with with known, like, yeah, well known, well, well, the costume, the costume fire, yeah. and, and the, the stuff with you know Bobby Davro falling over on his face and then breaking his. But neck what about and... the studios being demolished in April of twenty eighteen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think I think again that's a conscious. I think well, I think that's a conscious effort of theirs because people don't expect people in Manchester to go. Well, let's go find it, look at it, and find that they're not there anymore, or at least they're not there in the form that they would be. But like that stuff's great, and, and the thing is, you can you can go to that church, you can go find that stone that's in the most haunted clip that talks about the twenty-two. I mean, the thousand. fact that it features most haunted in and of itself. Yeah, the fact that most haunted did an episode on the in the Coronation Street studio. <laughs> that's just fucking brilliant. It's amazing. It's just it's. I really liked it. You so you got to watch this. Uh, you as you saw like the first fifteen minutes, they came here and watched yeah. it all again, like from the I, top. Yeah. Um, my intention was to watch it, watch it all, and um, and come over here with it fresh in my mind when we started podcasting because I knew you'd want to talk about it. <laughs> what made you think I like, wanted mm, to talk about it? And I was like, oh, I haven't got around to watching this yet. I'm gonna have to watch it. But I, I, something came up and I had to nip out and, and come here quicker. So I, we ended up watching where, it. When I where did it. you get up to in your first watch? Then um, head start. Right. <laughs> okay. So you so knew that shit was going I down. Shit's going down. I didn't know okay. what, but I didn't spot because I was watching it on my tablet. Yeah. So I didn't spot some of the stuff that I spotted this time round. On the particularly telly, stuff yeah. like the Quiet Night repeat with the distortion and the figure. Yeah. The, the 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 figure popping up a few more times. Yeah. A couple well. of figures as well. It was the, it was the one that, yeah. that that got me this time that I didn't notice the first time was when it's uh, in the the panning security camera. Yeah. Which it, when it's going back and forth, when Stephanie Cole goes in, leaves to the green room the prop phone, to go and answer the prop phone, and doesn't bat an eyelid because she's yeah. just so like sort of not on and it. It's as it's panning back, and you see um, the girl in a dress, yeah, just in, just pressed against the wall. Just mm. you can just see half of her. Yeah, that was like, oh, hello. There's it's it, the it's, mirror. In the the in mirror the, in the which kitchen. I, I, I admit, yeah. I didn't get that far. I didn't spot that on my first viewing. But, I didn't spot um, it on my first viewing. Yeah, um, that was woof. It's it's woof. nice because it's it's because a lot of people saying like, oh, it just seemed really on the nose. Like once the ghost stuff started happening, but it's like they have half an hour to tell their story. Yeah, and considering it was live, I think it only goes over by like a minute and a half. The full episode's like uh, thirty-one minutes and forty yeah. seconds or something like that. And also, it's nice when stuff like this doesn't slow burn. Yeah, like I, it's the, so the slow burn is the first. And I can't believe it took me to like my second watch to notice this. The first nine minutes. Yeah. Where it's making you think, oh, summit's a bit askew. Oh, yeah. it's oh, it's not going to show. Oh, that's it's a going shame. wrong. And it's then at the wrong. nine minute mark, you get the announcement that they're going to show a repeat of a quiet night in, and then shit starts getting weird. And weird. that yeah, and it gets weirder and weirder, quicker and quicker. By like the twenty minute mark, it's just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, um, it's great. I mean, freakiest bits for you. For me, it's the continuity announcer. Um, that's great. With the whispering underneath that their voice. Great. That's really um, fucking spooky. Especially because I've been sort of flirting with the idea of, of more and more like audio horror. Yeah. Like I've been exploring sort of like narrative horror podcasts yes. and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, what a simple execution of that though. Just, yeah. While she's talking, it's just, just, re- voice just sort of Yeah. And it stops every time she stops. It's really smart. And it's great because on the first watch again, I was like, is, is that like a producer? Well, is it, a producer whispering to her saying like, just say, just say, just say. it plugs into a childhood, into that childhood fear you have when you're in, you're in bed at night alone and you, and you're like, is that just me breathing? 
or is someone else oh. breathing as well? Oh. So you hold your breath oh. and you hope oh. you hope oh. that when you hold your breath you don't hear someone else breathing. Mm. What am I what am I of course if your dad snores then it's no good to you, especially <laughs> if you can hear him for three rooms away. <laughs> One one of my creepiest fears, like, uh, just one day I dreamt up the idea of, that was obviously, it's not like an original idea, but like, it's just one day it hit me, oh, imagine if that happened, and then it stuck with me, is being in a, in a space completely alone, completely and obviously alone, uh, either in the dark or, like, with all the lights up, and just hearing a voice go, hello? Like, that, to me, is one of the freakiest that things is... ever. I mean, at least it's going hello inquisitively, because then you can go, Hello? And have a chat back with whatever yeah. his voice is. And it's probably not a you know malicious intent, but it's still like, well, that's creepy. There's a hell of a jumping off point, though, isn't it? Mm. It's a hell mm. of a writing point. I had an experience in a, pro- in a prop room, in a costume room, a bit like that earlier this year. Uh-huh. Where I could swear something like said hi, and there wasn't anyone in there, and it really freaked me out. Um, nice. And I was dressed as a rabbit, so that made it more amusing. Oh. Um, so, the table, without, um, going, without going... Too much. It, I mean, the comedy was obviously there, like the brownies line. Yeah, the, the immediate dial back. <laughs> that was of an elderly that woman. Was the moment I was like, "This <laughs> nice, nice man's found your phone." If you go, it's like, no, no, no. It's, it's still me. <laughs> that the brownies moment was like, "Oh yeah, this is definitely a Pemberton and Shearsmith." <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, it's just absolutely their kind of humour because because they're, they're not, they're not, like they're not crude. All yeah. the time, but they're not above throwing in toilet gas. Oh no, yeah, these guys are more. These guys are more than happy to but just chuck in something that makes you go, oh. Come but the, on. the smart thing that they do is they don't rely on it. They just chuck it in here and there. Yeah, usually when you're least expecting it, <laughs> which is what makes it so effective. Um, and that was just a great love. I was like, oh yeah, that's good. That's that's a good chuckle right there, especially because it's delivered completely straight by Stephanie mm. Cole. Yeah. Just completely fucking straight. She's great. She's in brilliant this. in this, especially when and, and uh, Lou noticed this, and I thought it was really oh, bloody hell. So I just had an email about something disturbing. Oh, uh, yeah. Apparently, a payment I made to America hasn't gone through. Oh, and it was no. a big payment, so it better have gone through. Fuck. Um, yes. Uh, anywho, um, sorry. Live, live. Anything can happen. So much of that political bribery backfiring on you. Don't worry, it'll go through. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the Lucy noticed this, and I, I hadn't spotted it. Um, when she starts talking, like sort of, you know, indicates that maybe she's possessed or something. Yeah, she's speaking in an Irish accent, like her character. Ah, but it's a it's a brilliant, like completely unshakable one compared to her character, which Stephen Reese are remarking the thing like yeah, she's yeah over the top of her, shit. Yeah. Like she's like, oh hello, dear, and all this stuff, and then she speaks like completely fluent in the what's it bit, which is creepy because then when you see the clip which was doing the rounds last year on Facebook and such, of the psychic in the Granada Studios site trying to get rid of the, the entities. Yeah. He's Irish. Uh, so it's like, oh, okay, is there... Huh, all right, this is weird. And I love that bit, which is like... I'm going to have to um, look up that clip. They, they've been uh, they've uh, been here before. Like, they understand that te- they're in the technology. They're inside the cables. It makes them stronger. And Reese goes, none of you... No, you're thinking of Black Mirror. It's, it's, it's inside number nine with more twists. Very good. It's like, that was great. Uh, that comedy really twists. That comedy twists. <laughs> it's just a constant cup of tea like thing. Want a cup of tea? A cup of tea. I'm getting a cup of tea. Oh, I could have had a hot cup of tea in my hand. Um, let's, let's crack a week. We've got an email about, uh, about Deadline. Let's, uh, um, let's skip into the email section already to talk about yes, Deadline. Yes, uh, this one comes in from... Oh, God, I'm going to read this. So oh. I was in from Bowtie, Hanimation. Um, so it's hello, Chris and Matt. 
Hello. Hello. <laughs> well, I'm sure we could agree what the television event of the year was. I tuned into BBC Two on October 28th for a fright fest, and I was not disappointed. I don't think I'm surprising anyone when I say I bloody loved Inside <laughs> That's us, B. Oh, nice. Check out. Who's it from? That's from that's from Bot Animation. Excellent work, Bot Animation. Nicely done. Also, uh, could we send possibly an exorcist to Bowtie Animation's house? Well, it's funny you mention the exorcist. Oh. Because I, 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 I wasn't going to talk about this, but I was reminded I was reminded of it. Um, <laughs> I was reminded of it when you mentioned about, when we mentioned about um, TV shows not being slow burns. Yeah. I'm talking about Nintendo Night. I started watching the exorcist TV show. Right. Both okay. seasons of it are on Amazon Prime. Which is... Not a spin-off of the Exorcist films in a direct sense. It is, is a it? sequel. Okay. Wait, what? Well, that's already better than Poltergeist, the TV show. It is a sequel. And Freddy's Nightmares and all those other ones that have it nothing is, to do with the films. It is a sequel to Exorcist and Exorcist Three, explicitly. I yeah. don't think they mention Exorcist Two. So it's a sequel. No it's a sequel does. to. <laughs> no one mentioned. We mentioned Exorcist Two last week. Yes. The Heretic. I think people don't <laughs> mention it for a reason. Um, but yeah, it's but a sequel. we are not people. Um, how how direct a sequel is not necessarily clear at this point. I mean, I think I'm six episodes into the first season, um, and there's been a murder. The the most explicit link is is there's been one of the characters that is looking up news articles and finds the news article of the the deaths. On that night in 1970, whenever, and it's the picture of the staircase going down from the uh, from the house. Oh, okay, the, right. The, so the, 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 there yeah. is a visual acknowledgement. Yeah, of, uh... that it is that it is in fact that stuff ha- that, that the events of this first movie at least happened in this universe prior to this show. Okay, that is a show that does not waste any time being completely fucked. <laughs> oh, is it really like, kind it of? It goes for it straight out of the trap. Oh God! Okay. <laughs> there's no like, there's no um, a- ambiguity over the situations. There's no um, like teasing of what if, of what could be like. It 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 rolls out of the trap. Good. Okay. And it's and, it's, and I like I said, I'm about six episodes into the first series. I'm enjoying it rather a lot. They've got the two priests dynamic. Um, they've got two. <laughs> They've got two teenage sisters, and there is a little bit of ambiguity at the start of which one is possessed. Oh, that's nice. So um, play with the expectations from the top. Yeah, they've got nice. they've got a family. The the two, the family that the two teenagers are a part of is the the Gina Davis is is the mum, and she's like a businesswoman, uh, like cool person. But their dads. Recently unemployed because he had a he had an accident and he had a head injury, mm-hmm. so his memory's gone and his cognitive function is not what it once was. So it's almost it's almost Alzheimer's esque in its symptoms. Yeah, but it's but it's because of a head injury. Oh, okay. Um 
And I'm, I'm going to look, look at the cast briefly because they're all great. Ben Daniels is in it. He's one of the priests. Um, the, the 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 titular exorcist almost. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tits. But yeah, it's got it's got that two priest dynamic from the um, from the just uh, reset the, the film. Bar. Yes, very yeah. good. Uh, yeah, Alfonso Herrera and Ben Daniels are the, are the two priests. Okay, are they, um, so they're not the same characters, but they're the same sort No, of... no, it's the same dynamic. Yeah. Like I say, this is an explicit sequel to the at least The Exorcist, and mm. I believe The Exorcist 3 as well, from what I've uh, read. Um, yeah, Alan Rook is is the father who's got the, the head injury and is recovering from stuff, and then Ginny Davis is their mother, and then the two teenage girls, uh, Casey and Kat, they're like, the, sort of the focus for these... Uh, exorcisms. It's I I don't know how it lasts, but it starts off real good, and like I say, it rolls out the fucking trap. We've in the first episode we've had fucking. Uh, I think in the fucking pilot you get a pretty you like a pretty rough exorcism scene. Okay. Um, what, what year was this? Well, the sort of twenty sixteen was the first series. Shit, this is yeah. recent, recent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, right. I knew, I knew it was like a good while after, but oh damn. Yeah, I think it's I think it's been cancelled after the second season. Oh, that's but always I'm the bloody way, isn't it? Sure. It's always the way. Um, I'm gonna look that up because if there's a third season, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get on that shit. Um, the but good yeah, shit always gets cancelled <clears throat> prematurely. We've got people. Um, Oh yeah, it was cancelled. Ah. Uh, we got people uh, ah. vomiting it blood and gigantic centipedes. <laughs> um, okay. Someone, a character vomiting, vomiting up. Uh, this is all in the first three episodes. Uh, someone vomiting up pea soup. Good. That is that is explicitly like like they've eaten like you see that oh, you see at the dinner right. table eating the green soup and then like oh I know where this is gonna go yeah. and they like vomit, <laughs> spray their bathroom with that and then pull a gigantic centipede out of their throat uh, yeah. and into the toilet bowl and by gigantic I mean like two and a half feet long at least let go uh, uh, yeah uh, my uh, phobias were I my skin was fucking crawling mm. there there were creepy nuns um, who may be doing good or bad things there's a priest pulling a gun on another priest there's possible corruption in the Catholic Church. There's a, what? A, an upcoming po- papal visit to Chicago that's <laughs> that's putting a sort of time limit on every on everyone. There's a creepy, um, abusive demon uh, apparition who only one character can see and the others can't. Uh. It's this is in the first six episodes. It yeah. doesn't waste its fucking time. It doesn't keep you waiting for weird shit to happen. It just keeps throwing stuff at you. So that reminded me of that, and I thought it was worth mentioning because. You know, scary TV. Scary TV. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep giving that a watch and give it a go. But the other thing I want to talk about this week, which I saw on Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. No, <laughs> yesterday was Tuesday. Saturday. Sorry, on Saturday. I can't. <laughs> I've completely come unhinged in time. <laughs> I don't know when I am. Um, nice. I mean, bad. I saw nice. the new Halloween. Yes, that music is in it. Which I hear, I hear it's used very sparingly. It's very sparingly, yeah. but the the title sequence has a new version of that. Oh, and it's and it's scored great. by it is scored by John Carpenter with two others, nice. um, including Justin Carpenter. Yeah, him and his son have been yeah. like, touring, haven't I they? Think doing, his doing gigs, yeah. Like uh, John Carpenter's semi-retired from from movie making now. He mainly focuses on his music. 
Um, which is great in this film. Um, so Halloween is the sequel to Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> uh, 2018's Halloween is the sequel to 1978's Halloween. It ignores all the other Halloween sequels of which there have been nine. Uh, da, ba, da. Halloween 2. Halloween, Halloween 3, Season, season of the Witch. Of the Witch. Halloween, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Return. 5 is Revenge, Five of, Michael is Revenge of Michael Myers. 6 is Six Curse, Curse of Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. Halloween H2O... Uh, resu- no, hang on. Halloween, Halloween H2O. H2O. Then Halloween Oh, no, so yeah. Uh, yeah no, so, uh, Halloween H2O, 20 years later, is the full title. Yes. Thing. And then Halloween Resurrection. H2O, what a fucking Rob Zombie's time. Halloween. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Yes. So, right, right, so, so the, that's nine films. This is the tenth movie. The tenth movie. Holy shit. Obviously, the two Rob Zombie ones were reboots anyway. So this is Halloween 2, not to be confused with Halloween 2 or Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. No. Okay, good. It's it's <laughs> 2018's Halloween, which is actually Halloween 2, not 1981's Halloween 2 or 2000 and whenever's Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. You so am I. And I'm going to continue the theme of this week by not um, not messing around and getting right to it. It's fucking great. <laughs> you had fun. Um, go and give it a watch. Because uh, I'm going to do some non-spoilery stuff, but I, I don't want to give too much away. Um, What's the basic premise? For those who don't basic know. Basic premise is... Ooh, meat. It's been 40 years since the original Halloween. After the end of the original Halloween, Michael Myers is taken back into custody, and despite the efforts of um, prefer- Dr. Sam Loomis? Yes. Uh, to, to to kill him and end him once and for all. He's transferred back to a maximum security uh, facility um, and he's been there for the last 40 years, not uttering a single word. pair of true crime podcasters. Of course. Because serial's a thing. Um, they go to interview him. One of them has his mask to try and get a reaction out of him. Nothing. October 30th, the uh, a bunch of prisoners are getting transferred to a new facility. Guess what happens? The transfer goes awry. The bus crashes and all the patients escape. So Laurie Strode, who has spent the last 40 years preparing for Michael's return, Jamie, I've played by Jamie Lee Curtis as well, returning uh, to, the, to the franchise where she made her de- uh, film debut. Um, she's been, spent the last 40 years suffering from PTSD, preparing for his return. She was raising a daughter and she was raising a daughter with all these survivalist techniques to the point where her daughter was taken off her by social services when she was 12. Mm. So she has a strained relationship with her daughter, played in this by Judy Gray, um, and uh, a complicated relationship with her granddaughter, played by Ali... I'm going to have to look this up. Ali Ali Oxenfree? Not Ali Ali Oxenfree. Um, oh, that would be a great... That's a great title for horror movie. <laughs> Ali Ali accent free. Nice. Add it to the canon. Canon baby. It's going on with canon baby and terror fried. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, you just wait till I get my full moon studios ex production company started up. I will take you on a ride. Take you on a ride to 1989. Um, what is her name? Andy Matichak. Andy Matuchuk. Matichak. Uh, Alison, who is the granddaughter of the, the Strode granddaughter. Uh, Judy Greer is Karen, who is the, the Strode daughter. 
Um, uh, so, yes, the bus crashes. Yes. Michael gets loose. He heads back towards Haddonfield, and Laurie Strode is getting ready for him. Yeah, she is braced and. She's braced and ready for action. Eager? But of course, there's that strained relationship between her and her daughter where her daughter's like, he's not coming back, it's fine, you just need to move on. Yeah. And the granddaughter's like, grandma's cool, but our relationship's weird. <laughs> um, and look, you can guess what happens. Uh, it's it's Haddonfield on Halloween and Michael Myers is loose. Yeah. And boy, is Michael Myers loose. <laughs> and this, this film actually, it's it straddles a really nice line between the like gonzo gore of the later sequels and the very restrained um style of the first style of the first where a lot of it you just see the aftermath of, of the violence yeah well like when you first when you when you get into a certain bedroom like in the first one there is that whole thing and once you get there you realize oh he's been busy tonight oh yeah oh like, yeah he's been really busy tonight and you get you definitely get some of that like there is some there is some really gnarly on screen violence but it's all it's balanced with a much some much more restrained moments. Yeah. So it's actually it's it kind of has its cake and eat it in that respect. Does it um, play on the semi supernatural element of of the later films at all? It because that first film doesn't at all suggest <clears throat> that Michael Myers is anything more than a man, other than he is pure evil yeah, it, in 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 human form. It but then the later films kind of go. The reason he keeps surviving is because there's more to this. It discards all the mythology of the sequels in the same way it, res- it discards the sequels altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, it to the point where it, some dialogue even pokes fun at it. Okay, like this in the later sequels, this stuff about um, Laurie being his sister, yeah, and him having to kill all his family members because of some weird curse, and in this like uh, the the granddaughter uh, uh, Allison outright stays like yeah some people have this weird thing that that my grandmother was his sister but i don't know where they got that from <laughs> like there is dialogue like that peppered in throughout the movie which is just Yo, outright, this ain't your daddy's yeah it's halloween franchise some of the weirdest shit that came from the sequels um there's even a point where uh jim and lee curtis's laurie walks up to the new uh to michael's doctor in this and straight up says verbatim so you're the new loomis <laughs> because of course donald pleasance is 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 no longer departed. with us um, His final role was Halloween 6, wasn't it? Curse uh, of Michael Myers. Pro- possibly, he I have no idea. I saw it recently in something. He passed away during post-production. Now, in this, he is, uh, Loomis has been succeeded by Dr. Sartain, played by Hillock Bilgener. Hillock Bilgener? Um, Hillock Bilgener, who is great in this. Also, Will Patton is the, um, the t- one of the, the town sheriff. Um, well, not even the town sheriff, just one of the town policemen, who <laughs> is... Revealed to be one of the policemen who took Michael into custody on that night. Right, okay. And, and stopped Loomis from killing him. Right. Which Imply, is, implying that after after what we yeah. saw at the end of it... Well, that's what they say. Away, they, okay. they, they say that after what happened is he was taken into custody late that night and Loomis tried to kill him. Okay. But Will Patton's Officer Hawkins was there and was on duty that night and stopped him from being killed. Which he has regretted ever since. Okay. Um, nice. And as you can imagine, that plays into what happens here. Um, I won't go into. I won't. I won't spoil it. I will just say that it is a glorious, truly 
glorious um, return to form for a franchise that has been regarded as something of a zombie of film. Uh, it's 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 been paraded out every few years, and everyone has a good laugh over it. But this brings it back to a more threatening, a more grounded place, uh, a more what's the word? A more compelling place. It's it's it acknowledges the sort of the tropes of the slasher genre that's come in its wake, but it doesn't turn into self-parody with that. So it's... Um, go see it. Go see it. Um, it's... It's really good. Also, Danny McBride co-wrote this. Which is... Like, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green co-wrote this. David Gordon Green directed Pineapple Express. Like, this is... This is a film that has some real comedy pedigree behind it, but doesn't. It resists the urge to fall into self parody. So, what you're saying is. So well. Pineapple Express and Halloween are in the same cinematic universe. Yes! Okay. No, I'm not saying that at all. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> I, I would love to get into spoilers by it because there is some really good stuff that happens, but because you haven't seen it and some of our audience hasn't seen it, I'm not going to do that. I will implore you to try and see it, though. How many dyed white William Shatner masks out of five? I give it. Um, four and a half um, torn up partly rotted hole in the neck from where he was stabbed in the original with a coat hanger rotted William Shatner masks out of five You're the attention to detail in this is fabulous oh like the hole in the mask the hole in the mask where, like where, he gets, where he gets stabbed in the first one there you, you don't ever see Michael's face properly but the little glimpses of it you do see. You can see um, that he's got a milky eye from where he was stabbed by Laurie with a coat hanger near the climax of the first film. Um, Laurie's got her scar from where she gets knifed towards the end of the first film. Um, Also, Jamie Lee Curtis is great in this. Can we just appreciate Jamie Lee Curtis at the age of, what, 61, I want to say? Let's find um, out. It's time to play. How old is Jamie Lee Curtis? Sixty. Okay, she's sixty. Um, well, that was easy. Well, fifty-nine. You win tonight's prize. Um, she, like, a woman of sixty, opening up a movie, and it's got it's gone. It's done gangbusters. Mm. Like it's done really good business, and you know she's headlining it. And she's great in it. Because she's Jimmy Lee Curtis. She's kick-ass. Wait, she's playing kick-ass in this movie? No, no, no. Was that no... the twist? Badass grandma! Um... <laughs> Naked grandma! Wait, no. Check on. it out. Check it out. Uh, not for the faint of heart, though. Like I say, it does show some restraint, but there is still some... Gnarly stuff in this. Speaking of gnarly... Yeah. Um, Doctor Who this past week... Yes, I reckon it's in the UK. I really enjoyed this. I creased and cringed and writhed so much during this. And that was just because of the comedy. But um, tish. No, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Any episode that followed Rosa was always going to feel a bit eh, in comparison, but that's because not every episode is Rosa. So, I think that's exactly what it needed to be, though. Um, so, that being said... Um, 
it was B movie fluff and fun and silly and daft yeah, and, absolutely. and 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 whatnot. Um, albeit not, a, I don't think it was in a tremendously strong episode, but it was definitely a really fun one. Yeah, I, I don't. It wasn't. It wasn't. But it was. It was. It wasn't strong. It was fun. Yeah, and funny. Yes. Oh my god. And, yes. And I, because I, I, I was watching it. And I kept turning to, to Kanish throughout the whole thing with a big grin on my face going, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. This is funny. This is what the show needs to have been for like the last six years and yeah. hasn't. Just but like, not not holding back on the creepy factor as well. Oh, no. I think this is the first Doctor Who episode in quite a while where it has aimed to get people hiding behind cushions. Oh, yeah. Uh, and not just the arachnophobic, just some, some of the just some of the choices of shots as well. For the effects were brilliant, yeah. like they were so good. It, it's little things that that made it work for me. It's the scene of Graham having to lure one, and he's just sort of like, oh, I really don't want to oh, do this. Graham. And then this cat-sized one sort of scutters almost almost adorably <laughs> scuttles into the corridor. It's just like. Oh no, mate! No, well, sorry. Right. You don't, you don't, don't come near me. It's fine. It's all right. And he's getting closer, and he's clearly sort of waiting for the moment for something to happen. Yeah. Ryan pounces with the pan. He's like, "You took your time," and then he has to lift the corner of the pan up while Graham slides the lid in like a spider under a mug. It was it's... so funny. And then that next shot—that was the shot that freaked yeah. me out more the most. When more come down the corridor, because the way the dark part of the corridor is is yeah. you know, out of sight, and the lights in the foreground, the only thing lighting it, and you realise there's more than a couple scuttling yeah. along the walls. That got and me. And also, this this does the classic Doctor Who thing of these are monsters, but they're not the villains necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I again, it's... I've been looking for, I've been looking for more Boo his villains in Who, and we do get one. Yeah, and we this. got one. We got one last time. Uh, and we got some creepy ones in week two and a creepy one in week one, and we do get a, we, get, we, we get do get a baddie in Chris this. Chris Knotts, Jack Robertson, yeah, who I don't know if I loved or hated. That I idea. loved him. I think I think I'll love it if he comes back. Like if if we see him again later, I think that will be quite clever. Um, a lot of people have been pointing out online as well that the villains or antagonists this series have escaped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In episode one, Tim Shaw gets away, albeit possibly on the way to death's door, but he's, he's you know, if he teleports back to his ship, he'll be able to save himself, and that's the whole point of what he does. Yeah. Uh, week two, the guy in charge of the, the competition and everything disappears. And he's not really a villain, Well, he's, 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 he's sort of the baddie that week in that it's yeah. all because of him, and it's unnecessary, and, and the, all The situation's stuff. more of the, the adversary yeah. in that... In that uh, well, he's the antagonist. Real yeah. antagonist. Uh, well, the closest thing it has. The work through, uh, Crasco gets zapped into the past. Yeah, and then this week, um, Robertson just... leaves without consequence. Yeah, and we I, know I he's, saw, we know he's running for president common, in twenty twenty. A common criticism was that it just sort of ends abruptly. Yeah, like, I felt that a little. But I'm like, do I actually? Do we actually really need to go into the? Oh well, we've got them all in the like the plan works. And what a plan! Like it's not, it's not important. Sp- spiders react to vibration because that's the whole point of them on yeah. the web. You hit, you know, they feel something moving on the web and they go to see it. So, how better create yeah. vibration than by blasting storms out of a sound system? But what's what's important <laughs> Which is not was pretty funny. What's important is not that the um, visual was so odd. Just like that, that track blasted. It's and yes. it keeps cutting to shots of giant house spiders scuttling down a corridor. It was quite fun. I. I ha- I hated the spiders. I don't mean the effect; they were amazing. Yeah, but um, they picked my least favorite kind. The the sort of the, the common house spider. Yeah, 
Like, that's... Garden spiders, adorable, with the big fat bums and the little legs. Big fat bums. They're adorable. They sit in their webs, they mind their own business, they're great. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, tarantulas, yes, they're freaky, but I'm only ever going to see them in zoos. Do you know what I mean? So I can, I can observe them and go, oh, that's a, that's a fascinating, weird sort of mutant hamster. Oh, unless your brother escapes when you're all alone on Christmas and your family have gone away without you and you try and climb your shelves to steal his money. You know, I, I admire it if someone recut Home Alone to Kevin <laughs> getting bitten by the spider and dying of an infection halfway through. What if someone recut Home Alone to Kevin getting bitten by the spider and becoming Spider-Man? Matt, that's not how... That's not how it works. That spider Shh. needs to be irradiated in a Shh. 60s era radiation demonstration. We don't which know. Which for some reason is open to children. We don't know what Buzz had going on in that room. Yeah, we do. Pot, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Pot on a shoebox full of porn. That's, that's, that's what was going on in that Woof. room. <laughs> that's what was going on in that room. Anyway, right is in the UK. Yeah, but house spiders just... <laughs> are my least favourite kind they freak me out it's the way they move it's the big legs and just uh. so the fact that that was the spider they decided to use that really got me I was on a couch with um, friends of the show Jenny Lipman and Dan Sherratt and we were the three people in that room scared of spiders on the same sofa so that sofa moved a lot during the <laughs> during yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a particular phobia of spiders but I appreciate their creepiness They're always creepy. I find them fascinating. I think they're fascinating and I appreciate them. I I appreciate the work they do, like keeping the freaking fly population down and everything. Wonderful. If you want to talk an insectoid creature that is a a shitter, let's talk about the wasp. Oh, they distribute pollen. Accidentally. They're just stingy little cunts. They're just there to fuck up your day. Yeah, so they're shit. Fuck Um, wasps. We've had a wasp episode. It was uh, alright. This is is this our third Doctor Who spider story? Planet the Spiders. Yes. Kill the Moon, sort of. There was, <laughs> well, there, there, were, there, were spi- there were spiders and they made webbing. There and, were spiders. Yeah. And the and moon then, was an egg. And then this bad boy. And then the moon was an egg. And Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's just bad, isn't it? It's just pants. Jody's um, a lot of fun. I, we talked about this on the Five Who Fans discussion video. I feel that this was the most sort of cut and paste her dialogue has been. But she like sells. I think she sold it really her, well. Her attitude sells it better yeah. than the dialogue so far. She's sort of written fan fiction Doctor at the minute, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that well, the character is allowed more room to breathe. What is fan fiction, but unlicensed scripts? No, there is a difference most of the time. Let's be honest. Let's let's man be man sweat, man sweat, <laughs> man sweat. Um, yeah, there's, there's there's more sex in fan fiction. Oh, that's true. That's what it is. That's true. Fan fiction, folks. Fuck yeah. fiction. Fuck <laughs> Vic. Uh, the guy in charge of Doctor Who for the last six years wrote fan fiction off screen. Yes. Hey, did Clara mention that she and Jane Austen had sex? Have ah, mentioned that yet? Let's mention it again. Fucking um, hell. Yes. But I'll say this really creepy. Ryan again gets some nice subtle moments. Toes and Cole, I see a lot of a mixed reaction to his performance. But I think he's the only one who sort of performs for TV. I think it's a very TV friendly performance. It's all subtle. For Although me, his moment in the back of shot doing shadow puppets on the projector was hilarious. For me, I think he is the weak. He's the weakest performer of the of the TARDIS crew. Okay. For me, I I think the it's sort of weird for me because I think the weakest character of the Central Four 
so far is Yaz because we've not really been allowed to see much of what Mandip Gill can do. But we've got a lot more of her in we've this. We've got a lot more of her in this, but it seemed weird because family. at the end, their reasons for moving on was Ryan's clearly sort of like, I want to be more than what I feel I'm being allowed they to be. They all want to be more. Graham wants to grieve and needs that distance, which I thought was wonderfully done in this. But Yaz's story is, oh, my family got my tits, can I leave with you? Uh, but they did seem to sow a seed this week of perhaps her having a bit of a thing for the Doctor. Not not like big, but this little notion of it's brought up a couple of times. It's like, I think you see each other, and she seems kind of genuinely no, but they sort do of embarrassed. First as well. They do, and, and, and the, I think that's the way they've family. sown that seed the last couple of weeks, it makes it look like they're trying to do something with Ryan and Yaz. But I don't think they will. No. Well, I hope they don't. I think, they'll tell, I think it'll be a will they won't they kind of thing, and then when they're eventually written out, they'll go, oh, go on, there you go. Won't they? They won't. There we no. go. Uh, I, did, Gra- I, did, I did like the doctors. Are we, uh, are are we, we in each other? Are we seeing each other? I thought, uh, no. Yeah, and the ass goes, no, we're not. And the doctor just sort of goes, hmm. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> I just love her sort of cluelessness. Um, really she's very good. childlike, which I think is very fun. Also, Nanny, just keep calling Nadja. Yaz's mum. And she keeps correcting her. <laughs> it was little like character Yaz's, moments Yaz's like mum. Nadja. It, it, <laughs> it was it was little character moments like that that I just really liked in this episode, where it was it was like it was a silly threat, but still a little scary, especially yeah. if you don't like spiders. Oh, I mean the freaking spider in the bath but, moment. Oh the spider that was through through the wonderful. Because again, um, that, it starts, I was like, oh, it's gonna be a small, it's gonna like bust through the bust through the plug hole and then like crawl out of the thing. It's like Nope, we're gonna eight legged freaks I, this time. I was expecting an a leg to come through the puzzle re- first. It was like like the uh, like the C D for spy- uh, Spiders by Space. Yes. Which I I, I love that album. That album cover is horrifying. I used to love that album. I don't know if I still do, I've not listened to it. So. I will lend you that album. Oh, I've got Spotify. I will remind you to go on Spotify later and look up that album. It's a great album. Um It's so good. Uh, and the CD is amazing. If you know, if you've never seen the C D in the flesh, it's a bathtub full of tarantulas. And then the CD is a plug hole. And when you take the CD out, the image underneath it is the open plug with a spider trying to climb out of it. It's really freaky. An album I absolutely fell in love with in my teens, but like struggled to put in the CD player. Because <laughs> like, nope, nope, nope. That's why digital nope. music's better, Christopher. Um, no, because then it's a big image on your TV of this bathtub full of spiders. Yeah. But uh, it, this was... The, the only downside is also the episode's most sneaky upside for me. What's that? It was a remake of Eight-Legged Freaks. Yes. Eight-Legged Ra- Freaks is great. Radioactive trash turns spiders big. Make big spiders be sp- spider big. Big spider. How good is Eight-Legged Freaks? It's just the spiders running around everywhere going... <laughs> it's a real... Oh, creature noises yeah. provided by like Frank Welker and it stuff. Is, it, yeah. is, it is gremlins but spiders. You eight-legged <laughs> freaks. It had a different name, I think. And then, and then it was renamed... Because of that, like, improv line from... Um, David was Arquette. It? David Arquette. Um, when David Arquette was a star of it, was a star? Let's be honest, the spiders were the star. Mm. He's a wrestler now, David Arquette. Is he? Yeah. What the hell? I don't know. Eight-Legged Freaks 2. The Let's wrestlers do this thing. Suplex the spider. Just punches him in the face. Tombstone, that tarantula. Sharknado's over, we need a new franchise. Oh, there's already plenty of spider-led horror franchises that go straight to video, trust me. Yeah, Spider and Spider 2. I remember seeing them in Matalan a lot when I was a kid. There are others. 
I'm sure there are. Do you remember they used to be on the end of uh, supermarket aisles? Like, the sort of the little, yes. the little stacks near the counter. Occasion, you would still always occasionally have, like, get some of those. Yeah, well, but the VHS ones, those big bulky box oh, with full well. videos in of these sci-fi original movies. Yeah. They're all sci-fi original movies. Yeah, they're all, all, they all like great covers. Always have great covers. Yeah. Always look like dog shit when you watch them. There's one in our local Asda at the minute that's called The Jurassic Pack. <laughs> and it's got three movies. Two Sorry. From, two from this year. Sorry, none of what? None them connected. The Jurassic Pack. The Jurassic Pack. Three movies, two from this year, none of them connected in any way. All of them dinosaur movies. Straight to DVD dinosaur movies. Sure. From the last couple of years by this one studio. Sure. But yeah, no. it's, it's the fact that the spine Stop. of the DVD is Jurassic Pack. Jurassic in in pack. white font with like a red inlay. And it's Jurassic like, Pack. Well played, straight to DVD market. That's well like that's played. like the that's like the Jaws two three in the Revenge box set. I can't believe that that is a thing. So we got that. Good. I can't believe it's a thing. It's like I picked it up because I'm like, why is this cheaper than Jaws on its own? Oh, it doesn't have Jaws in it. It's just the sequels. Okay, just the sequels. How dare you talk down so, the sequels so much? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't buy that. Anyway, let's do some emails. 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 Now we've got an email jingle. Let's do some emails. Emails. Your emails make me tingle. I'm never going to sing that again. Um, Anyway. Remix next week. Jacob comes in and says, Hello, big damn cousins. Hello, big damn Jacob. Arachnids in the UK was good. Definitely not as good as last week, but still good. Mm. First of all, I want to say I hate spiders. You're in good company here, Jacob. Squire. I don't really have a lot to say, to be honest, that I haven't said before. The spiders look great, especially when they were in the dark, properly creepy. Uh, It's like the new series version of The Green Death. The character of Jack Robertson was a great character, but horrible person. What I thought was interesting was he basically left his bodyguard to die... But he never seems to face the consequences for that. He gets out of the episode relatively unscathed, which surprised me. Last thing the episode that I liked, really liked, was that Yaz got some character development. Yes, that was good. Mm, that was yeah, um, it was good. That it was there. I just I kind of wish we could spend more time with her though. I do I do like the the fact that the villains keep getting away. Yeah, I don't know why I like that. I just well, think it's, it feels like it's building to something. It feels like it? it feels like it builds something. It also feels kind of depressingly real. Yeah. Like the bad guy, yeah. the bad guys don't uh, don't get yeah. uh, their comeuppance. This is definitely 2018. Um, uh, also, I forgot to send in my top three favorite classic Who stories. Oh snap! So here they are. Couldn't pick just three. No one who emails in can count. Apparently, <laughs> it's like um, have you ever watched the the Jackmate videos on YouTube about Love Island? Wow, he, that was an angry cat. He, he does. He's done a couple of them now for the last couple of series of Love Island. Where he no, basically, no. He watches episode one and then concludes with, "Yeah, this is terrible television." But he, it, it, it's, but the, it's the bit, it's the bit of the watching. are introducing themselves, and a common thread throughout all of it is each of them is told to describe themselves in three words, and only like one of them out of the two videos has ever actually used three words. <laughs> now, I'm not saying our listeners are the cast of Love Island. But what I am saying is, we don't know if our listeners are the cast of Love Island. If you are, give us a shout out. It's good for the numbers. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, number five, The Time Warrior. It's silly and amazing and it's Sarah's first story. Yeah, yeah, Time Warrior is a lot of fun. I really number four, that. Planet of the Spiders, or as Jacob's written it, Planet of Spider, which I think is an even better episode. Planet of Spider. Yeah, just a, it's just a planet that's a spider. I mean... Mm. 
Yes, that would I would be so that. good. That would be so good. Ego the spider planet. Um, oh god, could you imagine? So the abdomen is just the planet, and in its orbit, there's just these eight gnarly little rings. <gasps> From a distance, you think it's like a planet surrounded by rings, and then it turns around, and it's a spider. It's just a spider chilling in space. Brilliant. Oh my god, with a green lantern ring on its on its butt because it's a it's also a green lantern, um, <laughs> like Mogo. Okay, or a yellow lantern. No, yellow lanterns had a city. They had a city that was a yellow lantern. Of course, they did because comics are weird. Um, yeah, Planet of the Spiders. It's about it's about an episode and a half too long, but it's wonderful and great. I can't argue that with that, can you? Yeah. Um, Remembrance of the Daleks. Oh, it was in my top five. Mm. It was in my top ten. I don't know if it was in my top five. I can't remember. It's probably changed by now anyway. Uh, number two, the five doctors, because it's the five doctors. Five doctors is rubbish, but I get it. I, get it. I love it. I get it why people like it. It's, it's so much fun. I think people like it because it's... Do you like it because it's pants? No, I like it because it's just this warm, cuddly bank holiday blanket of television. It's it's a Doctor Who movie starring... So you like, do a like retu- it A returning Patrick Troughton... Being amazing and John Pertwee being lovely, and also and and Ailey, Ailey having a ball, and Richard Herndon. the TARDIS easiest pie. Uh, and number one, the Happiness Patrol. Really, I love the political stuff, and it has one of the best Doctor Who scenes ever in it, where the Doctor takes a scroll of paper and throws it, so it unravels down the flight of stairs. I mean, yeah, nice. I've not seen the Happiness Patrol, so I have no context for that. Ta-ra for now, Jacob. Thanks, Jacob. Uh, and finally... TTFN, Jacob, Jacob, and Jacob. And finally... Oh. Is it me? It's me, isn't it? No, it's Tom Monte. <gasps> Tomothy. Bartholomew. Montague. <laughs> Balthazar. Balthazar Montague. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. Balthazar is a thirsty bitch. Uh, and so the postcard, what's that from? Uh, trick or treat, Chris and Matt. Uh, not to suggest that I celebrate or enjoy Halloween because I don't. <laughs> yeah, you took hell. the time to write trick or treat oh, at the top. You I didn't feel, have to write trick or treat. I feel wrong now. Um, I what hope a you, twist. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed arachnids in the UK more than myself. Oh, Chris, I enjoyed your contributions that was my emphasis uh, to the five Doctor Who fans discussion this week but I found myself agreeing with Jenny's thoughts more than the rest of you I hope this hasn't offended you no people are allowed their own opinion especially, even people who don't like Halloween you tit especially what she said about the Doctor <laughs> whilst I warm to her in Rosa I am still yet to have that moment that you've mentioned Chris where you went yep that's the Doctor Four episodes in and we are yet to see any proper anger, which would have seen by now with other Doctors. I thought we got that in Rosa. But hey, yeah, I, I, like, um, I like the confrontation with Grasco. That, that was I think, right I think Ooh, there's got, the Doctor. I think we even got a little bit of that in The, the Woman Who Fell to Earth with uh, in Tim Shaw on the crane, but hey, whatever. Um, opinions. I just want a moment in the same fashion as when Ten got pissed off at Harriet Jones, notably in his first episode, or yeah. when Eleven got angry at Amy for pressing the wrong button in The Beast Below. I hope she grows on me, but at the moment I'm finding her annoying more than anything with her unfunny jokes rather, being rather excessive. See, I like her jokes. I like the humour in it, so she's got me there. It's it's Already. nice and light again. It is light. It's light, but not fluffy. Not too fluffy. A little fluffy, but not too fluffy. Have you been coddling an egg again? I've been coddling eggs, sorry. <laughs> really got to stop doing that. Uh, my microwave is, smells real bad. Uh, 
Do you feel what I'm saying about the lack of anger? I just think it's pivotable for pivotal. Well, I can't read. I think just think it's pivotal for the doctors. Pivotable, 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 pivotable. Um. Anyway, cobble that. I think it's pivotal, pivotal for the doctor's character to show elements of rage occasionally. Yeah. Absolutely. Agreed. Absolutely. Really disliked Stormzy's role in the episode. I loved it. <laughs> Felt that. extremely forced, and I can imagine the Chibnall thinking he's all down with the kids now. <laughs> Did you enjoy the bit where the spiders were dancing to the grind? I loved that, this I'll be the, honest. This is the second time, Tom, that you've that you've shown displeasure with uh, licensed music in the episodes. D- do you not like the music the kids are listening to nowadays? Genuine know about that, actually. I wonder if yes. some of that's to do with the more orchestral feel to the show since the reboot. Maybe. Because obviously Maury Gold's like compositions for it was very orchestral oh, and big and sweeping. And, 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 and the use of pop music throughout the previous two areas of the show was very... Um, slight. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's End of the World. Yeah, yeah. Um, Love and Monsters and uh, Vincent and the Doctor. Off the top of my head, those are the only ones I can think of where pop music's used in the, in the soundtrack for the episode at any point. Um, but I I didn't mind. It. I think I, I think, think it's it. funny. I think I think it was funny because it was it was very much a character beat for me. Yeah, it, it was Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan thinking on his feet and going, "What's what will make the biggest vibration? What will make the biggest sound?" And I think a lot of and to him it was grime like we've blast had, some grime out of the speakers what we've had so far this series i think is the exact opposite of the clara conundrum in that the solutions come from what the characters are capable of yeah the characters aren't capable of whatever they need to provide the solution that's very true that's why rosa was so nice because it was them all working together yeah to to get what needed to be done done yeah. and, and, and like in this one again it was them bringing what they could bring to the table it's like it's yeah. like rose it's like the you know in rose where she, even in that moment she, she has no idea what she's going to be able to do and if she can save the day but she's like you know I've got no thingies got no job got no grades but I'll tell you what I do have like gymnastic, a junior <laughs> gymnastics medal like age uh, 11 to 14 I got the bronze and she does the swing <laughs> to kick the autumn you're like it, it's very much uh, like what does the character bring to this moment yeah. what can they do so I, I dug the Stormzy gang just because it was that. it was Ryan's yes. Ryan's input of how do we make that uh, vibration I'm going to blast some grime. Uh, like, it, it was funny. I, thought, I just that image of like a bunch of spiders like scurrying along all excited down this corridor um, while Stormzy's blasting through. I don't even like grime, but I appreciate that. <laughs> um, love Tom Monte. P.S. I enjoyed Graham, apart from the bit where he and Ryan turned around to see dozens of giant spiders coming towards him and he just casually said, quick, leg it, or something along those lines. See, I think... I think, Tom, that unfortunately... Unfortunately, that... I, you and I like and dislike this this series of Doctor Who for the same reasons. <laughs> I think I like all the things you don't like about it. I'm sorry. I'm going to conduct an experiment as the series progresses. I, I, love, that, I love that about Graham, though. I love that he's like, oh, spiders leg it. He's not like, oh, run away. Well, because like, <laughs> when he's got it in the box of the kitchen and stuff, he says, like, I'll be honest, I don't like these fellas at the best of times. <laughs> so you realise he's freaked out by him as well, really, but he's just getting on with it. He's I like, really like oh, Graham God. in this because he is so much of his stuff is just so matter of fact. Yeah. Like, the the two younger ones, uh, Ryan and Yaz, have more of a sense of wonder about it, where Graham's just like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. <laughs> Giant spider. He's, he's been oh. around the. He's been around the block. And yeah. yeah, he may not believe in aliens. I've been to alien planets, but he's you know been he's around some, the world. And aye, aye, aye. He's got. I some can't years find Mac Graham. He's been a bus driver. I have no doubt he's seen some shit. 
Uh, Quite literally, I imagine. Yes, yes, probably. Um, I've been on public transport. Anyway, that's it for this episode. This episode of the big damn quist. Not to be confused with the Bogdomgoms. The Bogdomgoms. Or the the Weekly Telegraph. Christopher. Matt. Where can the children find us if they need candy? There are four jokes I want to tell right now. But they're all incriminating tasteless. and tasteless, so I'm not going to. Um, Remember James Gunn. At Big Damn Cast on Twitter. The Big Damn Channel on YouTube. You can listen to Big Damn Cast on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, and the podcast app every week for free. Or you can watch it on YouTube every Friday, should you wish. You're using one of those methods right now. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, you can also hit one us up. One of the methods that you're already using. <laughs> if you want to get in touch, bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Any thoughts. Just not, you know, not that one. Filth. Uh, and of course, Big Damn Stream on Twitch if you want to catch any of our live broadcasts. We've got some more shows coming out in the next week or so, including Matt's Conclusion. Uh, is uh, should be out actually. That'll be now, out by the time this drops. To your Batman Arkham Asylum replay. Yes. Um. Uh. Where there's a new Big Damn Love featuring a certain wall crawler on the way in the next few days as well. Whip, whip, muscle. So get your hands out for that right now. Um. Yeah. And aside from that, uh, just be good to each other. Don't do that thing or the other one. And remember, if you have an infamous mass murderer in your custody. Don't let the bus crash. Let us be. Let us be.